welcome to another episode of satya sambhad good evening good afternoon good morning please take us as and where you are in your time zone thank you for tuning into this episode where we will converse on bhakti in the midst of pain and suffering the conversation is not about answering the why question of suffering it is about dealing with journeys of suffering and loss in today's sambhad we will explore the same from the real life stories through individual communities and society at large this is the conversation of various experiences of people who believe and follow the mukti way and muktinath their experiences and their real life stories when they have experienced and dealt in their own personal life with the pain and loss yet they have been a journey with hope in hope and bring that hope to us hopefully their experiences will help us today in the context that we are living as the covid pandemic gets worse it is time of loss suffering and pain for all of us lives are being lost as people are struggling without access to basic needs and critical health facilities required for survival there is a panic fear hopelessness incomprehensible suffering in this period someone has lost mother father other has lost son brother sibling friends we all have experienced these devastating times and dealing with these losses is is very overwhelming we are coming together with our vulnerability and in solidarity to explore how to make sense of such pain and loss how does our understanding of god and spirituality stand the test of such hopelessness around us today we have a panel of guests who will converse with us with the, uh, uh, and they are not going to are uh, giving us solution but what they are going to share with us their deeply personal experiences how they in their lives have dealt with such losses such experiences and a period of hopelessness we have with us dr robin thompson who is joining from london but has as a more like indian who has been in india for 20 years he grew up here got married and to soko his wife and over 50 years they lived together as husband and wife journeyed together dr thompson is an author and has been writing on various subjects papers books and papers and edited many but when he experienced his own partner experience alzheimer's it was a personal journey of him uh, for, uh, for him for next 6 years and every day to deal with that dr thompson welcome to the satya sambhad episode of this moving on we have miss sarita devi again joins us from london however she she has indian heritage 
an African heritage, living in London, has two children and currently works with health charity. It's not only she sees a pain and uh, uh, when she works during her work time, but her, has, she has her own share of experiences, very personal experiences dealing with loss and pain. He's a trained as an internal medicine specialist with experience of working and providing leadership in both academic institutions and rural health care institutions. Dr. Matthew has been involved in pioneering new health care programs, especially in the area of HIV and tuberculosis, and working with marginalized community. He led Emmanuel Hospital Association as executive director. As a physician, he has witnessed suffering and loss uh, on a regular basis and learn to deal with it and help his team of medical professionals too. His area of interest in addition to healthcare is specific technical areas have been mentoring younger generation and leadership development and facilitating strategic thinking and planning, particularly in health, health sector, which is so important for a country like India and subcontinent. Currently he's engaged with International Christian Medical and Dental Association as a mentor and as a regional representative for South Asia. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Santos, and spending your time with us. Let's move on to the subject that we are dealing with. As I said, these uh, people will have, uh, have they ha all have their personal journey dealing with pain and loss. Let me go to uh, Ms. Sarita Devi. And Ms. Devi, I would request you to just uh, share your own uh, experience, own journey dealing with loss and suffering. In the situations that I've encountered in loss um, or suffering, you know, just to realize that God is love and he continues to, well, allows us to be in circumstances in our lives that will cause us to grow um if if we consent to the spiritual journey to go um through that so um there, there have been losses in my life of course you know my my mother passed away uh too young about uh she was about 66 so and uh that so death of my mother uh the breakdown of my marriage and then the death of my father more recently and in between other losses, you know, so those things uh, that I've had to work through. Uh, and through those, I think I must have had a good, you know, good enough attachment with my mother because um, I, because my attachment to God in Christ, uh, when I encountered God as a young child uh, and opened my heart to him, uh, my, my faith through the great ups and downs have, has uh, remained uh, pretty constant. So uh, let me share about my mother because that was really a, a difficult period for me because uh, like you said, I'm, I'm African in the sense that I, I'm from the Indian diaspora. So I was born and grew up in Africa, but of course uh, Indian. And uh, so I lived in the UK. My mother was there. And when she died just within days uh, of when I heard from my brother that she was very ill or she had been taken ill and so I wasn't able to get there um and so she she died in the month of May we were expected to go and see her in July so two months you know within two months when the kids holidays I have two children as you said so when the children's holiday came we were going to go see her and I think 
from her death, I, I had this question. There's a lot of guilt and regret, uh, anger, you know, that I was dealing with. And mostly about why, you know, why didn't God just keep her for two more months? Because I hadn't seen her in two years. She had visited two years previously. So I hadn't had the opportunity to be with her, to spend time with her, you know, and all. And so, so I think that question about why, uh, why just God didn't um, keep her for two more months so that I would have been able to see her. So those kinds of things uh, that, you know, needed to work through. As a doctor, uh, uh, Dr. Santos, uh, what's your experience of uh, seeing, witnessing, or your personal uh, journey of dealing with uh, uh, pain, suffering, a loss? Thank you, Satya. Um, uh, as a healthcare professional, uh, I am. Uh, we are used to seeing pain and suffering, and. Um, it does affect us uh, on our journeys, uh, especially when you see uh, pain out of where it should not happen, out of injustice or a systemic oppression. But then we have the ability, we call, I call myself, we have the ability to be professionally detached and have a controlled empathy uh, because uh, that's how we are trained. Because if you don't do, have that, you will not be able to function. But at the same time, as a logical thinking, rational human being and having faith in Jesus uh, and uh, being a reflective practitioner, I've, I thought I have thought through these things in my uh, mind and I have in control of my intellect and spiritual control till a few events shook my own journey. I believe that we will live in a broken world. Suffering is part of such a broken world. I know that uh, Jesus is one who suffered and understand my pain. And I know he walks with me in my pain. But then uh, about seven years back, uh, my mother passed away after a prolonged uh, Alzheimer's. And the last six months, I was caring for her. Mm-hmm. We both, me and Sarah, were caring for her. And she died in my hands one day after about three or four months of uh, fast deterioration. Uh, and the decisions I had to take, whether to hospitalize, not hospitalized. And then two years down the line, my father, after two, three weeks of severe uh, pain died again in my hands uh, uh, and the last few hours was difficult where he, he was a man of faith, he was a pastor well respected but he refused to be con- consoled or comforted by prayer or singing my sister wanted to sing, he refused and he died in my hands and this shook my foundations I had questioned God, I asked God wasn't there another way, both were men, people of faith walked with you, ministered for you, gave up their lives for you. But why did you allow them to go through this? And there was a season of questioning and asking God the difficult questions, which I have not asked because I thought I was in control. Last four weeks have been extremely difficult. Two weeks back, after four weeks back, when the numbers went up, we started taking calls. We had a helpline. large number of people are calling, sharing out their challenges, struggles, we are advising them what to do and what not to do, medical thing. And suddenly I felt completely lost as of I'm not in control. I had nothing to offer other than say that, okay, you do this, you do this. I know that many of those, what I'm saying is not making much sense for them. And in addition, along with that, many of many people whom I knew were in pain. My cousins were dying. My uh, extended family, there were people in the ICU. And uh, this actually 
brought back the realization that i live in a broken world and uh, i have to fall back on the foundations which i had laid much earlier in my life so as a physician i understand pain and suffering but i realize that when it affects you personally it is different uh thank you i think we will explore more uh, some goes on these especially these three aspect differently uh but let me go to uh, go in, in, uh, bring uh, uh, robin thompson into it you're asking me a very big question let me start off with a little bit of our story uh, as you mentioned i was born in india and i went back to work in uh, 1966 long time ago i wasn't born so. <laughs> i wasn't born so <laughs> there you go Uh, on the way to India, I met a Japanese girl, uh, Shoko, and uh, 18 months later, we got engaged. Exactly 53 years ago, this month of May, and uh, got married. We lived in India for 20 years, and then we came back to the UK and kept our contact with India, visiting very often. So we were together for a long time. Yes, and. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, Shoko began to show signs of Alzheimer's, and it, um, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It began quite gradually, but then it declined, and it was at one point a very sharp decline. And it's a very—I mean, every disease is terrible, and I won't say this is worse than other diseases, but it is a very horrible experience because the person you've loved is disappearing before you. and you think can this be the same person why is she so different what has happened to her and how can i communicate and i felt helpless puzzled and of course tired all the time because it's a very tiring business caring for somebody who who needs you there all the time our children were living abroad they came to visit whenever they could for them it was like a bereavement that began before she died was a couple of years they felt already the bereavement had begun and it was very sad for them and you keep asking yourself the question how long how long will this go on remember that i didn't think very much why me because that's not a very helpful question but i often thought poor me i'm suffering so much why i, I it was why but i'm feeling so bad and and you can think is god punishing me and is this the result of my actions of course in recent um recent this last 12 months as uh, santosha just shared the suffering has increased for all of us and people around us have been dying and uh, several friends like all of you who are in this podcast um all of you we've lost our friends we've lost loved ones and i can think of several who've died even last week and we keep thinking why is this is, is this the result of something that that we have done and the 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 philosophy of karma in, in many ways is very attractive because it says there's a clear reason what you sow you reap whatever i've done is the cause of my situation our situation and so i've wrestled with these questions and uh, i think the bible doesn't disagree it does also say what you sow you will reap but i as i've studied the bible more i found there are very huge and vital differences between what i've just shared that view that whatever you sow you reap there's no escape 
and other views, and I, maybe I can say more about that a bit later on. But that has been my experience. Could you expand a little more on that? I think that uh, uh, is something that we all may be interested. Well, I think as as you said, just as you said earlier, the question why, which we all ask, and we can't avoid asking it, but it it doesn't take us anywhere because we may never get the answers. We don't have the answers. I think a better question may be who. So when I'm feeling helpless and like you just described, that must be terrible. Who is with me? Is anybody with me? Is God with me? And that's what Dr. Santosh was saying. He, he questioned, well, where is God? Is God really, is anybody with me? But I think that's the wonderful answer. I think that the Bible gives that actually when we are in this helpless situation, there is somebody with us. Uh, last Sunday, we were reminded of a, of a verse from the book of Isaiah where God says to his people, when you pass through the waters, deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. So going through deep waters, through fire, he says, I'll be with you. He doesn't say, I'll take you out of it. He says, when you go through it. So he doesn't take us out of the suffering, but he walks with us in the suffering. That is very powerful. That is very comforting. And when Jesus came into the world and suffered with us, because Jesus came into the world and suffered, that was God himself suffering with us. So God is not detached from us. We don't, un we, we, we don't understand his ways. We don't understand what is said, but we know that he also is suffering with us. And that is very comforting. Yeah, coming to you, Santos. Yeah, I think you're asking two uh, aspects of my journey. One is the professional detachment. I said it as a negative thing, and I don't believe that we are supposed to be professionally detached, but that's what we are trained to do. Because the numbers numb. When I I have to get up next day morning and take care of another few people who are suffering. So I can't allow the pain of others to push me so down so that I can't care for others. So that is a struggle with healthcare professionals like us constantly go through. And um, so where do I find strength? I go back to the truth, which Robin said, that it is there is a God who walks with us. And even with that family, so going through pain in the context of their suffering or in the context of my own emotional challenges, which I go through when I see pain. So to go back to that truth on a regular basis is the only way I could find strength. My own personal journey has been there. When I went through that questioning, the I had to go back on the foundations of my faith, that God is somebody who understands my pain. His character is something I need to hold on to. At that point, I found it difficult. Uh, but I had to go back to that truth. And I had to go back to the experience of the past. Today, last four days when I, last four weeks back when I went through this whole confusion, the experience of my mother's illness and my father's pain helped me. Because I suddenly went back and was asking myself, what did I learn through those? I found God's presence in a very calming way, much later, retrospectively. I have to go back to those experiences when I go through pain today. Of course, community of faith has been a great healer or a great accompanier. Uh, in my own journey, it is 
that family of of com- the community of faith where i can open up and say this is what i'm going through even the professional community where a group of people come together and share their pain together and say this is what uh, we're not in control and then holding on in faith that today though it doesn't make sense there will be a day when i when all this makes sense we have this sense of separateness from god so we you know we think we're separate and that's what causes a lot of suffering and to realize that we there is a oneness we are one with god you know where it says we live and move and have our being in god and um, in acts and so and that and then you know when christ said you know um i'm in the father the father is in me you are in me so there is that oneness so it's not just god with us but god within us and i think just having that experience or going in in, in a, to interior silence you know and then where jesus said in matthew 6:6 you know go into your um secret room and pray to your father in heaven and i think uh going inward in the interior to to discover the divine indwelling i think that has really been uh a journey a good journey for me that has helped me to so my you know why why did god or the guilt and regret i felt for a very long time uh about my mother uh and you know dealing with those things uh took a while uh, but that just having that silence uh and finding god uh in the inner being i think has has helped to i don't i don't anymore need i didn't get any answers but i don't need it's you know that desperate need is not there to get an answer or or even having the feelings of regret uh, and guilt that i felt for a long time christ has gone through the same suffering so the suffering that he has so as an example christ is an example of of suffering that uh you know nobody else has experienced in the same uh way that he had when he took on the totality of the human condition all the misery and the anguish uh and and then the separateness he felt from god there when he says you know my god my god why have you forsaken me and so we when we feel so so say that that's very interesting uh uh portion of bible that you refer the mukti way is uh, when uh, mukti nath says uh, uh, oh god why have you forsaken me uh, i think we all feel uh, experience this because when we go through and uh, many of people those who are locked in and we all uh, for last a uh, few uh, uh, almost 15 months we have been praying and lost more intense uh, for last uh, a month or so for sense of liberation we have been praying the pleading and then sometimes it is uh, we have been praying praying and person is uh, gone and uh, we saying is god listening is god there then we go to uh, dr robert thompson how how what is the that perspective that you uh, you got at that point in time because i read in your book and you uh, it, it quite lengthily you have brought some of these aspects uh, the book that love story that i read uh what's a, and you take the most of those uh, uh, perspective from bible so what is the perspective how to deal with this i think it's very difficult when we uh, we, we as you mentioned we praying for healing of loved ones and we lost them 
and all the different things that we experience, we, we, we don't necessarily find answers for that. But we hold on. And of course, as uh, Santosh and Sarita have said, we have a framework, we have a belief in a God, a heavenly father who is all powerful, but also all loving. And we have that confidence in him. But when things go wrong, it's very difficult because we think, yeah, I have that framework. I believe that all my life. But what's happening now? And I think that is a very normal thing. And I remember when my wife died um, after the illness, and then she died. And I believe that she's with Jesus. I believe that, and I was comforted by that, but I didn't feel it. I didn't feel, oh, how wonderful she's with. I felt how terrible. I'm alone. I've lost. And so we, we have our feelings don't necessarily, we, we, we may still have that feeling of loss and grief. And I think grief is something that stays with us. It's not something that we, well, after a few months, you'll feel okay. You lose your grief. No, the grief continues. We'll always be grieving for the ones we've lost. That becomes part of our, becomes part of us. So that's not wrong. And so what I'm trying to say is we, we have faith but our feelings may lead in a different direction. And this is our human condition. We can be trusting God at the same time, lamenting. In the Psalms, for example, one of the Psalms in, in, in the book of Psalms, it's uh, um, number 44, actually. And the people are crying out to God. And they say, wake up, God. They literally say, wake up. Where are you? What are you doing? So that real crisis of faith but at the same time they're holding on to God because he's the only one they can hold on to so we cry out to God and we say where, where are you but at the same time we hold on to him this lamenting and faith go side by side I think this is part of our condition what you said that the lamenting is it's a it's a very important piece or important part to deal with loss uh, did I hear correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think the foundational understanding that there is a God, there is Jesus who walks with me, journeys with me in my pain, and he knows my life better than I know myself. He is in control, he has a plan for the greater purpose of his purposes in my life and the community I'm part of, the family I'm part of. Those foundations have been crucial in the journey. If it is not there, I think I would have given up my uh, 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 my caring profession itself because I can't continue in a caring profession feeling the pain of others and holding it closely to my heart, unless I have that foundation, because I, otherwise it will burn me out. So those foundations have been very uh, important for my own journey. Um, at the same time, I think when you go through that question that, why did God not answer the, my prayer? Um, like Robin said, I can only put it before God and put my confusion before God and said, God, why did you not do it. Because that opening of my heart to God brings me close, 
you know, in a situation where I know that my pain is being heard. The third aspect which I have realized that community is a very core component of our journey. If you don't have a community with which you are journeying, you will struggle. For me, the, my journey through confusion is in the context of my being one with God. I do realize that. But also being in part of a community who journeys along with me and who is also going through similar pain and pain. As we are sharing now, all of us are going through pain and, and uh, grief and suffering. So we are a community who is journeying together. That gives me a perspective that I am not alone. There are others who are journeying similarly in this journey of pain and confusion. And uh, I just want to add on one more thing and end here because, uh, but if you don't open up your internal confusions and uh, struggles with God, with somebody, you will either suppress it or it will come out differently. If you suppress it, it will come out as a physical manifestation of as, as illness or you will have a mental breakdown or you will express it to your close ones in an inappropriate way. So your relationship with God will go, your relationship with others will go. So it's very important for me to find the way of opening it up to God like what David does in the Psalms. Lord, I don't understand, but I know you understand. That gives me an ability to live with the assurance that God is in control. At the same time, he lives in relationship with others. Confusion is when you go through a pain and suffering and grief, your emotions overtake you. Okay. Your intellect goes back. It's, what you know as truth doesn't come in the front. Your emotions come in the front. Okay. Sometimes Great. your own faith journey, you start, you start questioning your own faith sometimes. That's what I'm going through. Okay. And, and that's okay. We have to go through it. You don't have to say that my emotions are not important. My emotions are important. That's how I am. But you need to pour out those emotions as your own internal, whatever confusions you're going through to God and to others around you. And that is uh -huh. when you journey back into your, the truth you hold on and the journey of faith. That's what I mean. Thank you. I think you mentioned a very other uh, important point, which is very important for all of us is you need to express, you need to lament if you need to lament with people. If you don't, the manifestation of that will come differently and it may harm your dear ones. Uh, that's that's a very, uh, uh, very, very important point for all of us to deal with the situation that we are, because if you don't deal with that, you're saying that it has a potential to harm your most dear one. You also find your dear ones. I'm, I'm, I, I can probably say that I went through a season of clinical depression and now looking back I know that it is because I had not expressed my internal confusions adequately before God and others. Wow, thank you for it's a it requires a lot of courage to confess because a lot of people may be looking at you that you don't have a problem. Uh, lots of people may be looking at you because you have as you're guiding counseling uh, that you don't have. 
Santos, any anecdote that you have from the last two, uh, uh, month and a half that you have been dealing with counseling regularly? What is the most difficult question that you experience, especially with regards to dealing with loss and pain, and which, which, which actually shut you? My, my own struggle at this point of time is there are many young friends of ours who are in the forefront of COVID management who are seeing death every day. And they're asking questions, how long gone? And uh, they keep calling and you know, WhatsApping and asking, how long will this go on? How long can I keep declaring deaths? So many young are dying around us. I don't have an answer. We can, I can only tell them, just hold on. There will be a day when this will go, change. Yes, many people would have lost their lives, but you'll be faithful to what we have called to do. Like Dr. Santosh was saying, we, we put our, uh, our bodies a storehouse of emotions, so all our emotions go in our body, and they get triggered at different times, for, and then it can cause a, lot of, a great deal of difficulty in relationships with ourselves, with others, and with God. And uh, none of some, some of our attendees might know about in neuroscience, they say, you know, the, the rational brain, and then there's the instinctual brain, the animal brain, you know, and we, the rational brain shuts down, and the animal brain starts, you know, comes forward, and then we do all kinds of silly things, and it can cause a lot of illness, of course, um, mental and physical and all. And so in, when, we, when we are doing that sadhana, the discipline of being silent before God, uh, then you know, that, that those things come up out of the unconscious that God allows and to unload that and to allow those things to, to be integrated back. You know, we, we, we've had those experiences. They don't go away, but they're integrated in. And in the same way, in, you know, as community, being in community and expressing those feelings uh, with others, because if if you you have to go through it to come out of it, that kind of you got to feel to heal, kind of thing. So expressing those, um, so that you know, there are many ways of where we come to a place of more of acceptance and consent that we don't know these things. You know, we, we all know the story of Job and he never got the answers, but you know, the, his outlook of who God is, uh, you know, changed. Uh, at the end and so yeah i think that the discipline of being silent before god is is very important you know we have to look there is light in the darkness and we we have to look for god in the things that are happening we look we look for that light and and say you know what is what is god asking us to do or what is he asking us to see when we you know when we think about uh the disciples in the storm and you know, just in a total panic and all, and and then uh, Jesus comes in the storm, and Peter says, you know, Peter saw him and said, you know, Lord, call me to come to you, you know, and so to see that in the storm, Jesus was in the storm. He is in the storm. He is a storm. You can say, you know, so looking looking for the light in the darkness. I think. And then those those practices of of things that silence us, you know, that we don't have anything to say, that it is all we're before God, and and allowing God to be who He is, and not 
our ideas of who God is. So consenting to God as God is, not what we want him to be, you know, be right here and heal my mother or, you know, bring this person back to life or, you know, our yearning, the longing that we want the person back or all that, but allowing God to be who he is. Can I add one thing, Satya, to this? Um, Please, yeah. Just following on from what Sarita has said, I think another very important lesson that I learned to live one day at a time. I found it very difficult when Shoko was ill and I, how long and where is it going? But you can go mad if you keep on thinking what's going to happen next. And Jesus said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. And I thought, can he be right? Is that possible? But actually, to take each day, we have to take each day as it comes and begin each day. Thank you for this day. Please take me through it. At the end of the day, thank you. So live one day at a time is very important, especially in these times of pain and grief all around us. Came across this prayer yesterday, if I would just say very quickly, beautiful prayer. It's from St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, help us to live this day quietly, easily, to lean upon your great strength, truthfully, peacefully. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can Suppose you were adding something? Yeah. Yeah, uh, when one day at a time, when I was, uh, uh, we 10 days back, I was talking to a young man who was in the ICU. He had lost his father five days before that, and his mother seven days before that, and he's in the ICU. And I was talking to him, he said, Uncle, I'm living one hour at a time. And he said, that's all I can do. Yeah. And uh, today morning, we were conversing, and we said, that is what helped me. So sometimes it's not even one day at a time. It is just one step at a time or one hour at a time. How it is different than the person who has lived a life and lose. Yeah. And a very young child, a um, parents have lost. Okay. How to deal with that? What would you tell them? Yeah. Well, of course, it's, of course it's different. And uh, uh, the, the person who's lived a full life and the person, the child who's just beginning out, it, it's different. Of course it is. And we... We have no, no answer because, again, we are saying to God, well, each life is in your hands and you have chosen to let this person live. You've chosen to take this person. And uh, I don't think we have any answer. And we, we cannot say to, well, what can we say? We, we just have to allow, as we've been saying earlier, to allow the parents of the child to grieve because they're going to grieve. They've lost that child. It's a great loss and they will go on grieving. And we, we simply allow them to grieve and say, yes, we, we grieve with you. There's a person may not have your framework, but the person is a good uh, person that you are connected and is losing, has lost some. How to help them, how to deal, uh, let that person? We can only be a presence with them. I don't think any, when they are going through that loss, uh, I can only be there with them. Just yeah. be with them. Just listen to them. Yeah. Just allow them to express what they're going through. Yeah. Um, I always go back to Job's uh, four friends. I think the best thing they did was the first seven days of sitting silently. And they messed up when they opened their mouth. I don't think... Uh, I can do much more than just being there with them. And maybe if God allows you and there is something you can share from your own 
pain which you have gone through it might be useful but better to just be there those uh, just take another question is that lots of our friends who have lost the dear ones and they are uh, experiencing sleeplessness and anxiety and uh, all sorts of uh, these experiences uh, how how to deal with it? especially in the time when you have pandemic you can't meet as a community i think it's very important to get back to community somehow or other not maybe not physical community at least you need to have a community with you journey um and uh, my own journey in the last one and a half years have been what has sustained me is falling back on a couple of friends two or three small close friends on which i whom i fall back on call to and that's very important i that is not cultivated you can struggle of course insomnia and uh, you know anxiety are part of this journey but it is is reaching a point where it is affecting your uh um normal life then it is important to get help from a counselor or a person who can look at you and find out and see whether you need clinical help but i think community of where you can express your loneliness your fear is very important and i think you and i need to be that to can you can, can you i think the very important point can you repeat that what i'm saying is you need you and i need to be part of a community with whom we are journeying where i can open up my confusions my struggles my inner pain and you and i need to be that community for others who are going through that what about when the child dies in the womb for example in a miscarriage uh how would help that uh, that person's loss to experience of that loss and uh, how to deal with that uh that's a very very big question um and yeah again you know there would there's a need of course for community but also uh just getting professional help uh with that it's yeah i mean with the loss that's so big uh you know there isn't because the the question it's a trauma and the you know what happens is even in insomnia or things like that that the brain just goes very repetitive you know why why did it happen what what did it do or what whatever is happening or you know the future if i had my child or you know thinking about what could have been and, and things like that so not not isolating yourself but getting and reaching out to get the help from uh trusted people who are non-judgmental to help you make meaning of this loss uh yeah there there just isn't a simple answer but reaching out this question is i'm wondering about the effect it has on other people when they see us dealing with suffering in a good way can the way we deal with suffering testify to others about our relationship with god i think that's the question and uh, uh, yes definitely i think um how we respond does tell about our relationship with god and what we've learned i think we shouldn't we're never going to try and say well i need to show other people 
I think we, I think that's the last thing we should be thinking about. How can I look as I'm dealing with this in a good way? Because um, we, we may not. And for, I think if we're struggling, as both we've all shared our struggles, that's very important. There's nothing that we are, we are not any better than anybody else. But we do know that there's a God who is good, whom we can trust. And that keeps us going through all the difficulties that we've talked about. So I think that's very important. And, and if, if other people can see that, well, that's wonderful. Talking much about the Christians, but how do we interact with other uh, friends from other faiths? Because they may have a different framework. Of course. But we're talking about God who is... God is not a Christian God. He is, he's the God of, of everybody. And we're experiencing, we've experienced his love through Jesus, which is, again, for everybody. We're not, we're not saying this is Christians do this and people who are not Christian do that. We're all human beings. And so we relate to God and we can only share our experience of God as he's revealed to us. And we, we, we share, we can, we pray with people, not because we don't pray that oh, you belong to this community, you belong to that community. We're all human beings together. And that is the way we can share our experience of, of, of God and his love that we've experienced. Thanks, uh, Robin. Santos, the, the, another question from audience before I uh, go to the final round is, what is the, your opinion about the use of medication to help the coping with grief and loss? Uh, you are a medical professional, so you will say the medication there. But uh, the question is, it's, it's probably more appropriate for you to answer. I don't normally say to take medication, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but if there's an indication, um, I think it, it, there is needs to be a, an, an assessment whether the when I am able to cope with the support systems I have. Whether my faith and my community, my relationships, are they able to allow me, helping me to cope my uh, go through this season. But then uh, there are red flags when you go through pain, suffering, and uh, grief. Some people may not be able to cope with, uh, with, our, with only your personal walk with God and your community. You might need to have counselors and others to specifically help you to go through it. Some might need short term to go in for supportive management for sleep. I mean, I, let me tell you uh, uh, something which happened two days back. A doctor who's in the forefront of caring called me and said, can I take sedatives for about two, three days? Because I, I'm not sleeping for the last one week. I said, definitely yes. He's seeing, um, seeing a four to five deaths a day. I said, whole night I'm up and morning I can't function. I said, definitely. You have to take you are a doctor, a clinician, you need that support at this point of time. But take short term, but don't get in on a long term. That's a so you are saying that medicine has a place. You're saying that. a place, but not to dull your pain. But if there are people who are not able to go through that and you need that help, definitely yes. But that has to be assessed, supported, and then taken the decision. Saida ji, uh, what are your last thoughts or message to the people who have lost their dear ones uh, 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 to deal with? Especially in the context that we are not able to meet as a community, to go and hug someone, 
it's so uh, painful to see when you can't hug in the covid situation many times you're prevented of doing that which is what's your uh, last uh, uh, thought to the people i think it's what i said before i mean remembering that god is love and i think we said say that but we don't actually really you know deeply sort of that in our interior uh, way and and that we're not separate from god that we are one with god and i think uh you know uh sort of having that sadhana that uh, communion with god that that you are with me and reaching out to god when there is nobody else and it's not we do that when there's nobody else but that you know we go to god first and and there's a community as well but when there's nobody around and we're isolated i think just that focus that god is love and we're not separate from god that we're one he is with us and he is within his indwelling divine indwelling thank you that's very interesting he is with us and he is within us in in, in all over uh, situation that we are thank you sarida uh <clears throat> dr robert thompson i'm coming to you with uh, your last thoughts but also please address the question which uh, uh, uh we have from a, a attendee saying that during the last 15 months a lot of christians have quoted some bible verses to say that it is a god's judgment or to mean that we christians should be praying for the safety uh, how how to how to take this uh, this question how would you respond to this well a lot of people have been asking that sort of question over the last 15 months what is god saying to us and of course there are many answers and we don't no we are not god we can see that many things that are happening in our world are caused by our lifestyle the pollution the way we're living materialism so many things are must be factors uh, our affluent lifestyle in in this what has happened to us in this pandemic and so there are many things that we can learn from it many things that we need to repent of and of course it's often the poor people who are suffering as a result of perhaps those of us who are better off our lifestyle so there are many lessons we can learn i i think we very difficult for us to say god is judging us as we as i said earlier we're, we're human beings and we have a, a god who is the god of everybody we come to him and ask for his mercy his guidance his love and i think that would be my my quote unquote last word that we come to god for mercy at this time with covid and with our own whatever our own particular personal suffering may be we just say god as sarita said i i trust you you're with me you're the only one and i place myself in your hands and i don't want to condemn or judge anybody else because you are the judge you are the god of mercy thank you uh, robin uh, dr santos uh, i would coming for the last thoughts but i think the question also has come and which probably we required uh, at that level of we have dr uh, gopavi ali put a question does not covid situation dehumanize us we were made for relationship which became become all the more significant in tragedy and pain and death can be relayed without touching so probably your last thought would be on this and something to add i think uh, it's important to understand that you can allow any context to either humanize us or dehumanize us it's how you use that context 
to grow in compassion and empathy. So definitely, yes, numbers and the pain can numbers. But then if you allow, uh, if you reflect and sit in front of God and listen to people's pain, definitely you can allow God to give you that pay, pay, journey with others and not numbers and not dehumanizes. That's a choice we need, each of us need to make. But the other question of touch being important, I totally agree. Uh, in the context of people suffering and pain, in pain, in ICUs, without having the loud ones around, it's been a very difficult thing. A physical touch is nothing to replace a physical touch. There's nothing to replace somebody standing by your side and holding hands when you're dying. Do I have an answer? I don't have an answer. I'm not, I don't have an answer. I'm just saying, you know, I was thinking about previous questions as well. Just, I mean, we talked about empathy, but compassion for others. So we're not being in judgment of others. So compassion for everybody who's suffering because we, we all, and then self-compassion as well. So somebody who has lost a child in the womb or, you know, or any the regret and pain that, you know, self-compassion for and not, uh, uh, you know, berating oneself or beating oneself up. So I think compassion in this situation is extremely important. Uh, feel, you know, uh, and so self-compassion and compassion. I think also in the matter of touch, I know that sometimes people experience trauma, you know, like a woman who's been raped but may not want touch and that kind of thing. So what the kinds of things you might do is, you know, so I, I, take my hand and I put it on my heart. So it's, it's a self sort of touch, but it's a very, it makes, it, it has changes in the brain as well. You know, when, so there is that, that touch. So there, there are things like that, that you can um, search for. I think that, you know, in some of the body kind of things where uh, just doing some of those things can help with as far as touch uh, and have that feeling of uh, closeness. So, yeah. This thanks, thanks, Sarita, for bringing this. Uh, this and this conversation has been very, very helpful. I know this subject is pretty personal, intense, as well as a community. Your process through bereavement and grief, it becomes very personal. Everyone responds differently to coping with loss. Above all. The one message has come to be kind to yourself, give time to yourself. And him, I just want to read, but I think that uh, may speak to some of us. How firm a foundation you send of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can we, he say than to you he has said, to you who far refuse to Jesus have fled. Fear not. I am with you, oh be not dismayed, for I am your God and will still give you aid. I will strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call you to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow, for I will be with you your troubles to bless and sanctify to your deepest distress. Dear friends, 
thank you for joining us this conversation i don't think we have any answers we have talked any answers what we have attempted to share very personal experience and these experiences may help you to deal with the loss that you facing personally may help you to help your friends and neighbors but two things or three things that have come very quickly to breathe meant one need to be kind to self and be true express yourself to do that you need to have people so can we be the that people can we be that community we pray that god will bless you and lead you to be aid to someone and may god be aid to you as you deal with your own suffering and loss till we meet again let's stay safe pray that god will continue to lead us guide us and take us through these deepest waters good night